Welcome to the Three Martini Lunch. Grab a stool next to Greg Corumbus of Radio America and Jim Garrity of National Review. Three Martinis coming up. So glad you're with us. Hope you had a wonderful Easter. Jim Garrity is back. How's that for good news? Before we even get to the martinis on the Three Martini Lunch, Jim, hope you're uh, tanned, rested, and ready and had a great spring break. Oh, I was. Uh, it was it was a great break. Uh, I went to uh, Beaufort and Savannah in addition to my usual Hilton Head haunts. Uh, Greg, I don't know if you've noticed it. As far a lot of people concerned, pandemic's over. <laughs> crowds, some masks, some not masked. Yeah. Never felt too unsafe, but I think like the whole country has just felt like it's been cooped up for the better part of a year. So it'll be a great year for vacations, but be ready to be in traffic and be ready to be in line. Just letting people know that. Oh. So about 2022 or so. <laughs> Fantastic. All right. Well, glad you had a good time. I'm sure you did not miss having to react to everything that was in the news like you expected uh, before you left. But uh, let's talk about our double-barreled good martini which is actually predicated on our bad martini, which we'll get to later. But I think everybody knows by now uh, the news of the bad martini, and that's that uh, Major League Baseball has bowed to the mob, and they're moving their all-star game from this summer. Still don't know where, but we'll get to the uh, our reaction to the corporate world and, and, and MLB and all that a little bit later. But of course, all this is about the voter integrity bill that passed in Georgia, The left is, of course, calling it uh, voter suppression, uh, voter restriction. Joe Biden keeps calling it uh, Jim Crow 2.0 or Jim Crow on steroids. He keeps talking about this uh, ban on giving out water, which is not accurate. And uh, ultimately, even the New York Times and the Washington Post now, Jim, have said, you know, guys, this really isn't voter suppression. But that's all right. The cat's out of the bag. The narrative's gone too far. Uh, the left's not going to stop with it now, but the pushback is happening, not just uh, with a, a few admissions from some of the uh, the old guard in the media, but also the people at the center of the storm. Brian Kemp, the governor, remember when the libs loved him because he stood up for the rule of law uh, a few months ago in Georgia when it came to election results? Well, now he's trying to strengthen voter integrity there, and he's the pariah. He is Jim Crow 2.0, according to the left. But the facts don't bear that out. And on Saturday, in the wake of Major League Baseball's decision, Kemp held a press conference and separated fact from fiction. Here's the truth. SB 202 expands access to voting, secures ballot drop boxes around the clock in every county, expands weekends voting, protects no-excuse absentee voting, and levels the playing field on voter ID requirements as well as streamlining election procedures. And yes, water can be provided to voters that are in line by election workers. And yes, we are not going to allow political organizations or anyone else to harass or electioneer voters who are waiting in line to vote. And if that's not enough, Jim, uh, you've got, of course, uh, the woke corporate uh, outfits like Coke, which is based in Georgia, Delta, which worked on the law and approved it before the left went nuts and now says it's uh, voter suppression and it can't abide by it. Uh, Always love friends like that. Uh, Marco Rubio going on Twitter saying, huh, these companies really have no problem working with, you know, China. So Delta Airlines are business partners with the Chinese Communist Party, the same Chinese Communist Party that is committing genocide against Uyghur Muslims inside of China. So I look forward to a letter today from their CEO 
telling everyone that what the Chinese Communist Party is doing with genocide is unacceptable. I look forward to that letter saying that genocide does not reflect the values of Delta Airlines. Of course they're not going to send that letter, nor is Coca-Cola, nor is any of these other corporations that are out there proving to the world how woke they are, because they are woke corporate hypocrites. So the pushback is finally happening. It's happening too late. This should have been more aggressive earlier on when Stacey Abrams and, and her and her allies were, were really rolling out the racist epithets here. But uh, at least it's happening now. And hopefully uh, truth will get its boots on before the lie completely gets around the world here. Yeah. And let's keep in mind, uh, the reason it's good to see Kemp and Rubio making these points is I want, they know they're in the right here. And I think they know they've got a winning hand, so to speak, when it comes to public debate, uh, 72% of Americans support voter ID. This is not a controversial proposal. People believe you should be required to prove you are who you say you are, uh, and that you live where you say you live, you know, to ensure that you are voting in the right place and you're not voting in some uh, you know, legislative district you're not supposed to, or voting in two states or, or something like that. This is you know, not controversial. Don't let the Democrats gaslight you into believing this is some sort of uh, deeply controversial proposal. The second thing I'm kind of struck by is how much the discussion around this bill uh, involves people denouncing provisions that were taken out of it. You may have heard you know, that at one point the bill did include a block on Sunday voting, which was seen as an effort to suppress the uh, souls to the polls. Uh, a lot of African-American churches ran programs like this. And I would have objected, if, if, that, if that had made it into the bill, I'd say, yeah, that's a really fair objection. There's no reason you should be having early voting on certain days of the week, but say, no, no, you can't do this on Sunday. Uh, in fact, ironically, the bill now requires at least two Saturdays of early voting in counties when there only was one required. So the bill actually ex uh, expands it in that sense. Greg, now it does uh, limit the amount of time you have to request an absentee ballot, but the old one was 180 days. That's six months. Maybe some people know they're going to be out of town on election day six months ahead of time, but they reduced it to 78 days. We can argue about it. It's not like it's now an unbelievably short period of time. It's closer now to two and a half months. That doesn't strike me as a crazy or unreasonable provision. And that is the only way you can argue that this is, quote unquote, limiting uh, absentee balloting. And obviously, if you still have two and a half months to request it, you have to require ID. You have to put your driver's license number on there. This doesn't, again, very popular provision, doesn't strike me as crazy. It does allow... Uh, poll workers to put out food or water to somebody within 150 feet of a polling place. This is an anti-electioneering measure, right? We all have gone to polling places and you've probably all seen the signs that says you cannot campaign or electioneer beyond this point. We don't want people campaigning to people right as they go into the polling place. So that's why in most places it's like 50 feet or, or stuff like that. It's 150 feet in, under this new legislation. It's all perfectly reasonable. And what's been fascinating is watching Major League Baseball and watching these people objecting to it who really don't get all that specific. And the language that is extraordinarily hyperbolic about it. At one point, uh, Joe Biden, President Biden made that, it's not just Joe, Jim Crow, it's Jim Eagle. <laughs> I don't know if eagles outrank crows. I, I've never heard the expression Jim Eagle. I think he was trying to be funny and I don't think it worked at all. Um, but he, it's Jim Crow on steroids. It's worse None of this really is a fair definition of this bill at all. Um, now, did it pass an under party line on, on a party line vote? Yeah. Is it reasonable people are not going to necessarily trust Georgia Republicans after the controversy we had in the 2020 election? I guess. But again, remember, in the eyes of the media and Democrats and everybody else, Governor Kemp and Raffensperger, the secretary of state, were the good guys in that fight. They were standing up to Trump when he insisted he had actually won and that there was some way that they could find the votes or something like that. 
So one, it's an interesting lesson for Kemp and Raffensperger, how quickly the media will turn on you and vilify you uh, the moment you're on the other side of the Democrats. But this is the other example is that, look, in this case, you know, you started seeing this little bit of backtracking from Democrats. Um, the New York Times and Washington Post both putting out these fairly detailed analyses of the bills and saying, actually, they're not going to have a dramatic impact on the vote. These are all well within the, uh, the margins. And I have a corner post that's coming up shortly. It's going to talk about no excuse absentee uh, voting. There are about 30 some states that allow it. I think it was like 16 states that do not. A whole bunch of the states that are saying, hey, you should move the all-star game to us. Do not allow this. Joe Biden's home state of Delaware does not allow um, no excuse absentee voting. New York state does not allow no excuse absentee voting. So it's kind of ridiculous uh, that, you know, the, 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 uh, the labels that are being tossed to Georgia in this case. Um, but it's good to see Georgia Republicans standing up and in case, in case Rubio, Florida Republicans standing up and saying, look, here are the facts of this, of this bill. Here's what it does. It's entirely reasonable. You are being gaslit by this. A hundred percent. And Mark Elias, who is one of the left's leading election lawyers, uh, put out this tweet. I don't know if you saw it last week, Jim, since you're out of town. But uh, he had this picture of a Georgia driver's license. And there's there's two numbers on there, one of which explicitly says driver's license number. And he says, would you know which one to put on the form? Because they're only going to accept one. And pretty much everybody on the right is, how stupid do you think people are? I mean, first you don't think they're capable of getting an ID and now they don't, you don't think they can figure out which driver's license number is appropriate here. They're trying to, I don't know if this is the soft bigotry of low expectations or what the issue is here. They're just trying to, like you said, gaslight, but uh, it's pathetic what they're trying to do here. Just one quick point to, to add to that, Greg. Let's note that like there's more than one number on your driver's license and somebody might mistake one of the other numbers for their official driver's license number. Okay. You put in your application, it's got the wrong number. The state is going to come back to you and say, well, your number doesn't line up. It's supposed to be a, a 20 digit number or something. And instead you put the nine digit number. That's, you know, you, you have the wrong number. You have that opportunity. And then I don't know if it's in, in Georgia, but in most polling places, you show up and you, or you don't have, uh, they'll give you the opportunity to create, to file a provisional ballot. Same thing with the, if you just show up without your voter ID. In most places, you'll be able to say, okay, you either go back home and get it. Or if for some reason you can't do that, you can fill out a provisional ballot. And in most places, you have like three days after the election to sort out to say, yes, I am who I say I am. I live where I say I live. This is why I'm not on the voter rolls. And you have some time to work it out. So it's not like this is this, you know, if you turn in the wrong number on your absentee voter application, you'll never be allowed to vote. You know, it's it's this scaremongering that is ridiculous and off the charts. And we'll get to... Uh... MLB and corporate America in just a moment here. So just relax. If you have a MyPillow, grab it. But you know, MyPillow is more than just fantastic pillows. Uh, and we've been talking about this for a while now. Right now, they're talking about their towel sets. You can get uh, two of the six-piece towel sets for one low price and free shipping. I love these towels. Uh, the bath towels, so super absorbent, very soft. You know, uh, just a couple of uh, seconds, and I am absolutely dry after the shower. It's fantastic. The hand towels are good. The washcloths are good. High-quality products. My pillow towels have proprietary technology that makes these towels highly absorbent. They are soft to the touch without that lotion-y feel. They have a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. They're washable, they're dryable, and they have seven colors to choose from. 
The single six-piece set includes two bath towels, big 30 by 56, a two-pack of hand towels, and a two-pack of washcloths as well. Again, really, really good stuff. And to learn more or to buy, go to MyPillow.com. And right now, Three Martini Lunch listeners, all six-piece towel sets are buy two for one low price and get free shipping. Just use the promo code MARTINI at checkout or when you call 800 800- 874-0104. That's mypillow.com. Code Martini or call 800 874 for two six-piece towel sets for one low price and free shipping. All right, uh, Jim, we've referred to it now. Uh, Major League Baseball on Friday after Chad and I uh, recorded the Friday Three Martini Lunch. And by the way, thanks to Chad and Rob Long for filling in for Jim last week. Uh, great job as always. Um they basically bowed to the mob. And from what we're hearing, it was less about players or politicians or even Joe Biden and more about corporations uh, making life very miserable for Major League Baseball. So perhaps sponsorships were were on the line as to why Rob Manfred, the commissioner, ultimately decided to do this. Jim, we don't know where uh, the game is being moved. It's funny to have all these lefties say, oh, move it here. And then uh, folks on the right saying, actually, uh, the same things you're upset about in Georgia already are the law in that state, or in some cases, even more restrictive. So uh, take your talking points somewhere else. But whether it's Coke or whether it's Delta or whether it's Major League Baseball, Jim, we've talked about this before, but the exhausting politicization of this stuff Makes you just want to throw up your hands and and leave all of them behind. But uh, I think Major League Baseball, which I believe compared to the NBA and uh, the NFL and and some other sports, probably has a more traditional fan base. I don't know if folks are going to follow Trump's lead and say, don't watch them, don't buy the merchandise or whatever anymore. But I don't think it's going to be a good thing for them. I was paying attention to this in the the latter days of my vacation. I was trying to figure out how did this, this momentum accelerate so quickly how did this go from this idle idea hey i don't like this voting law they shouldn't have the all-star game there um and how did it turn into such a rapid decision by major league baseball so remember this is the game that's supposed to be played in this coming july right yep I mean, this is this is relatively quick they were major league baseball has already signed contracts contractors everyone has got to get ready for this to happen and now they're gonna to have to pick another place and as i lay out in a forthcoming corner post um, if you chose, if, if baseball said, oh, we're going to do this at uh, Fenway Park, well, actually, Massachusetts does not have no excuse absentee voting. Uh, New York, you know, City Field, Yankee Stadium, can't do it either of those places. Bush Stadium in St. Louis, Missouri does not have no excuse absentee voting, uh, none, nor uh, in Texas. So you couldn't do Minute Maid Park in Houston or uh, Globe Life Field in, in Arlington. Um, it'll be interesting, whichever state they choose to compare the voting laws in that state and compare them to the state in Georgia. My guess is it's not going to make you, Georgia will not look bad compared to any of those states because there's nothing all that outrageous in any, any of the provisions of this, uh, of this legislation that was passed. But again, like why, why did this all get focused on a major league baseball all-star game? Um, those people who are pay attention to golf this week is the masters. It's like the biggest, uh, you know, the biggest event of the year. Tiger Woods obviously will not be participating. Thankfully, he's on the mend from his car accident. But this is a really big deal in the world of professional golf. And it's always played in Augusta, Georgia. It's the Masters. There was no particular pressure on uh, golfers, even though one of the organizations that was trying to organize this boycott, uh, the National Black Justice Coalition, did call on professional golf to not reward Georgia and called on all professional golfers to boycott playing in Georgia. Obviously, this week, none of these golfers are going to boycott it. All of them want to compete in the Masters and all of them want to win. And it'll be so. Are, is anybody accused them of de facto racism? Is anybody accused them of acquiescing to the new Georgia election law? 
And you can play this with, you apply the same thing to college football. Uh, the Chick-fil-A kickoff games come down in September, SEC championship game, and then the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl, all are holding that in the, uh, the big stadium in Atlanta. PGA Tour also comes to East Lake Golf Club in September for the PGA Tour Championship. And the U.S. Tennis Association has the Atlanta Open. Right? That's not even getting into all the home games of the Atlanta teams and, and all the professional sports and, of course, all the collegiate games. So why is it required that Major League Baseball absolutely has to move its all-star game, but all these other professional sporting events and nobody's going to worry all that much about? Well, I think it has to do with the fact that ESPN Sage Steele, who, by the way, I think is a terrific uh, sportscaster, had an interview with President Biden. And asked him about the All-Star Game, and Biden said, yes, they should. You know, in, in the process, the uniting president said we should boycott a state. That's, you know, <laughs> that's not really a very uniting you know, behavior there. But you know, if she had asked about should professional golfers boycott the Masters, what would Biden have said? If she'd said, uh, major, should major college football games not be played in Georgia in the coming year? Should the U.S. Tennis Association not have any events in Georgia this year? And then, of course, you can apply it to all the companies that film in Georgia. I, I was actually, I was just this past week, I was in Savannah, and one of the tour guides, we were not on the tour, but the tour guide next to us was bragging that more television and film production occurs in Georgia than in any other state of the union, yes, even compared to California. Wow. So, you know, when uh, Disney and Warner Brothers and Netflix and NBC and, and all these other networks are filming in Georgia, is that a de facto endorsement of the Georgia elections law? I'm sure those companies would insist no, but then again, is Major League Baseball endorsing the Georgia elections law had they chosen to keep the all-star game there? There's no limiting principle to the concept of, uh, of these boycotts. And so basically, you know, CNN operates in, in Georgia. Should they move? Coca-Cola? Uh, they're listed a bunch of companies that are actually relocating into Georgia. Should they cancel those relocations? You know, we can basically apply this to any company that does any business in Georgia at all. And I don't really get any sense from our, the folks on the left who support a, buy, a boycott what that limiting principle should be. If you have a contract with the state, are you complicit in an unjust system? I think what happened is this is sort of thing that, you know, Sage Steele came into the, the Major League Baseball uh, Players Association, floated the idea. Sage Steele mentioned it to the president. The president agreed. And then all of a sudden it became a moral imperative but it's not morally imperative for any other business in Georgia to change anything that they're doing, which I think is a ludicrously inconsistent standard. Now, people might say, Jim, aren't you encouraging everyone to do a full statewide boycott? Well, I think that's the point, is that once you start these things, there's no good reason to say, well, this professional sport should play in Georgia, but this one shouldn't. And this business should operate in Georgia, but this one shouldn't. And it's just kind of this ridiculous sense of which, you know, this happened to catch the, the, uh, the media's attention, and this happened to catch the, the attention of the Let's call the Democrat outrage complex. And that's, that's why this happened. And I think most of us would say having your country effectively run by the Democrat outrage complex is going to quickly lead to disaster and ruin. There's, this is no principled way to run a country. No, absolutely right. Uh, corporate executives have gotten more spineless than just about anybody else in this country other than school administrators, uh, particularly college administrators that always bend to the mob. Uh, it's just amazing. I mean, Coke, your competition is Pepsi. It's not like you're going to lose a lot of business by just uh, keeping your head down, which is maybe what they're thinking here, that they, you know, they might not lose a lot of customers by going woke. But uh, Jim, uh, you probably missed it, or maybe you just thought you heard an annoying cicada popping up here like they're supposed to do this summer. But Keith Olbermann has urged the movement 
moving of the masters out of Georgia. And if you're familiar at all with how Augusta National responds to controversy, uh, that will not be happening. Uh, one year, they didn't even have sponsors because of the whole uh, women weren't allowed to be members at that point. They, they are now. At least they've got a few of them. But uh, uh, the if Martha Burke didn't get them to uh, do anything about the tournament, I don't think Keith Olbermann's going to have much success either. All right. I don't think Keith Olbermann's doing much more than paying Trump more rent because of his property in Trump Tower. Or Trump, one of the Trump properties, yeah. Oh, man. Oh, man. All right. Well, as long as you're going to mail in your integrity, you might as well get a good deal on your stamps. Corporate America. Uh, Stamps.com, definitely the way to go. But Because look, post going to the post office, not how you want to spend your time. That's why we recommend mailing and shipping online at Stamps.com. Stamps.com allows you to mail and ship anytime, anywhere, right from your computer. You can send letters, ship packages, and pay a lot less with discounted rates from the U.S. Postal Service, UPS, and more. Stamps.com has saved businesses thousands of hours and tons of money because with Stamps.com, you get the services of the post office and UPS all in one place, plus big discounts on mailing and shipping rates. Stamps.com brings the services of the U.S. Postal Service and UPS right to your computer. Stamps.com is a must-have for any business. Whether you're a small office that's sending out invoices an online seller shipping out orders, or even a giant warehouse sending out thousands of packages a day. Stamps.com can handle it all with ease. You simply use your computer to print official U.S. postage 24-7 for any letter, any package, any class of mail, anywhere you want to send. And once your mail is ready, you just schedule a pickup or you drop it off. It's that simple. With Stamps.com, you get discounts up to 40% off of post office rates and up to 62% off of UPS shipping rates. Not to mention Stamps.com is a fraction of the cost of those expensive postage meters. Stamps.com is a no-brainer, saving you time and money. It is no wonder that nearly one million small businesses already use Stamps.com. So stop wasting time going to the post office and go to Stamps.com instead. There's no risk. And with our promo code 3Martini, all one word, you get a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to Stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in 3Martini. That's Stamps.com, promo code 3Martini. Stamps.com. Never go to the post office again. All right, Jim. Let's talk about our crazy martini now, and it's one we've talked about in the context of other martinis in the past, and this actually broke last week, but I selfishly uh, was hoping we could keep this story for a year return, and now we can. Uh, There will not be a stealing of a Republican-held House seat in Iowa. You might remember the story of Marionette Miller-Meeks winning by six votes over Rita Hart. Rita Hart had a couple of court challenges before certification, then decided she's not going to uh, challenge this further up the uh, the legal chain. No, 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 no. She's going to appeal it to the Democratic majority in the House of Representatives. And then just a couple of weeks ago, Nancy Pelosi appeared to have given the green light to, yep, we're going to do this. We're going to make this happen. We talked about a couple of uh, courageous House Democrats who are saying, yeah, I'm not comfortable with this. But it seemed like uh, Pelosi still had the votes. But uh, ultimately, whether they just wanted to keep their narrative from the presidential race uh, free from rank hypocrisy or whatever it was, uh, Rita Hart has withdrawn her challenge to the House. But of course, she does so in a way that doesn't uh, suggest that uh, that Miller Meeks actually won. She, of course, blames toxic political disinformation. She says, uh, despite our best efforts to have every vote counted, the reality is 
that the toxic campaign of political disinformation to attack this constitutional review of the closest congressional contest in 100 years has effectively silenced the votes of Iowans. It's a stain on our democracy that the truth has not prevailed and my hope for the future is a return to decency and civility. Jim, you talked about gaslighting in the first one. Holy cow. Yeah, from everything I had seen, it looked like it was a very close race that the Republican won. And, you know, the Republican won by a handful of votes. And that that stings. That stinks. I get being upset about it. But there really was no plausible argument that there was some secret cache of votes that had been uh, suppressed or hidden or found or, or you know, there was no indication that they'd had. And oh, by the way, they had a count. They had a recount. They had plenty of court arguments out in Iowa. The vote was, you know, said counted, counted, recounted, certified. Everybody out in Iowa, other than the Democratic campaign, said, yep, this is this is how it, you know, it shook out. Rita Hart basically observed, though, that, well, if she really pushed for it, the House of Representatives could vote to say, no, we don't want to seat that member. We're going to we're going to seat the one that got fewer votes, which is a really dangerous can of worms to open up. Because by that standard, if you have 218 uh, votes in the House, you could theoretically you know, refuse to seat any of the op- opposition party and insist that in this opinion of the U.S. House of Representatives, the losing candidate that is in your party actually won the race. That's what Rita Hart was asking the House to do. There were enough House Democrats who looked at this and said, look, th- you know, this isn't worth it. We don't, we're not that invested in having Rita Hart win this race. She lost by six votes. She'd have a decent shot of coming back and winning in 2022. And even if she doesn't, we just spent three months arguing that Donald Trump was being a threat to democracy by refusing to accept the election results, by trying to pressure state legislators to reject the slate of uh, electors to the Electoral College that were actually selected by the state uh, and by to, to principally a force their own, to basically Republican state legislatures in Pennsylvania and Georgia and Arizona and uh Was it Michigan or Wisconsin? One of the other ones to basically say, well, we've decided we think Trump won this election, so we're going to appoint our electors instead. It was a nonsense claim. It was a garbage argument. It got tossed out of court every single chance they had. Um, But now for the Democrats to then turn around and say, but it's okay when we do it in this particular House race. They recognize that. So I was kind of curious. At first, I started chuckling. It's like Emily Latella moment. Uh, This is an outrage and this is an injustice and democracy is under attack. Oh, oh, never mind. Well, actually, she's not saying never mind. She is saying that the election was stolen. She is saying that the wrong person is in the seat. She is saying that it's grand injustice, but she's quitting her legal fights and she's quitting her efforts because of disinformation. No, you're not. Garbage. You, you, were told, you didn't have a legal argument. You didn't have a winning argument. The courts have rejected you every step of the way. And the majority, enough people in your party are like, mm, you're not worth this. You're not worth the grief and aggravation we would get for basically undoing all of our rhetoric for the past three months just so that you can have a house seat that you legitimately lost. You came close, but you lost. That's where they are. And it's this utter divorce between what is the reality on the ground and what people are saying that I think we we can see it at work in all three of our martinis today. And it is a, on the one hand, it's good for people like me because there's plenty of work to dispel this disinformation and this gaslighting and this effort to uh, mislead people. On the other hand, Greg, for people like you, it's like Sisyphus. Every day, there's some new garbage that we have to uh, say, well, actually, no, the truth is this, not that. Jim, aren't you glad you're back from vacation so you can deal with this kind of stuff every day again? Greg, I've been back for a few hours. My blood pressure is right back up again.
Well, welcome back. We're glad to have you, Jim Garrity, National Review. I'm Greg Columbus, Radio America. Thanks for being with us today. Please subscribe to the Three Martini Lunch podcast. We are very grateful for those five-star ratings and your kind reviews. Get us on those home devices. Just say, play Three Martini Lunch podcast. Follow us on Twitter. He's at Jim Garrity. I'm at Dateline underscore DC. Have a great Monday, and please join us on Tuesday for the next Three Martini Lunch. Why do the Democrats want open borders, even though it damages national security and the people who are crossing the southern border are brutalized by the drug cartels? I'm Sarah Carter. On the latest edition of The Sarah Carter Show, we discuss this and how Dr. Fauci continues to move the COVID goalposts with North Carolina Congressman and Dr. Greg Murphy. We'll also highlight the huge threat to your personal liberty through vaccine passports and how our children are now in the COVID police crosshairs. Subscribe at Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.